You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, launched on the 12th of May, 2019. Surely it's not a priority, Doctor. I really could do with your help in Belbury, you know. Hmm? No, no time. Take Joe. And if you need me, and I'd rather you didn't, I'll be in the TARDIS. <sighs> that man. <laughs> Tell me about it. Coming up in this podcast, we go behind the scenes recreating the era of the third Doctor Who, the late, great John Pertwee. We return to more fun and games of a Doctor Who convention. We give you 25% off a randomly selected Big Finish release. What will they be? And we tease you with the first 15 minutes of a cracking adventure with the third Doctor, Joe Grant, Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart, and Sergeant Benton, although I've actually written (laughs) Bentian, Benshin. (laughs) Sergeant Benshin. Uh, the sausages. The creature. No, I'm, I'm just reading rubbish now. <laughs> the, uh, the scream of ghosts. That's what it's called. There's no creatures, but there are. The actually. creature of ghosts. <laughs> well, good morrow to you, my friends. I am Benji of the Clifford, and this is Nick of the Briggs. Tis true, not sure why we're talking like this. Neither do I, but I like it. <laughs> and why? Because, well, maybe it's because we're wanderers in the fourth dimension, Nick. Have you ever thought mm-hmm. about that? Mm-hmm. A dimension of sound and of drama, oh. of imagination oh. and stories. Yes. <laughs> yes. Big finish, the purveyors of the finest audio drama and audio books ever to tease yes. the molecules of your vast imagination. Attack the Daleks! Attack <laughs> the Daleks! This it's order cannot be countermanded. <laughs> Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake Seven, Dark Shadows, The Prisoner, The Avengers, Callan, Star Cops. That's the sort of thing we're into. I somehow feel like I've said that before. 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 Exist. Before. Exist. Exist. Not exist. <laughs> now, Thank normally you. we start the podcast with a quick email from a lovely listener, but this time we fly straight into the full listener's email segment. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, if you've heard this from the, uh, the good old days, I'd certainly love an email, and I still do. That You know, a lot of things in the world change, but uh, my love for emails stays the same. And if you want to email in and have a chat with us, uh, you can do it. It's very easy. You just email podcast at bigfinish.com. Oh. Simple as that. No frills, son. Podcast at bigfinish.com. You'd be a fool to miss out. There you go, you got it down? Got it down, yeah? Cool, cool, cool. Right, well, in that case then we'll fire straight in with one from Richard Foster. (laughs) Greetings, Nick and Benji. As you observed on the podcast, the new, to us, website is looking quite nice and the few challenges are finally getting resolved. I would, however, respectfully disagree with Benji's suggestion of near perfection. For me, it's missing two things that would really enhance the Big Finish site experience, and both are related to to adding user-specific flags to product releases. The first is the wish list flag, ideally with some mechanism where I could share my wish list, wish list, wish list with yes. family members and they could buy stories for me without worrying uh, that it's something I'm not really interested in or something that someone else has already got me. 
Uh, the second is the I already have this flag to prevent me from being a complete numpty and <laughs> repurchasing something I already have. This latter option may be of less value to Big Finish as you probably get money from our mistakes. But since I have a limited budget, if I unintentionally buy something I already had from another source, I wouldn't be using the same funds to explore other releases which might potentially pull me into other ongoing storylines. Sent from a dystopian timeline in sunny Florida. All the best, Richard. Uh, well, uh, the wishlist flag, that's an interesting one that I will flag. <laughs> um, but the already, I already have this flag is definitely on there because this, this next one sort of answers that. It's from Carrie's... Mm. Carries, carries, SM, carries, carry. Anyway, um, hi, huge fan of Big Finish. In fact, I have so many stories. I sometimes think I'm your best customer. Smiley emoji. Well, you may well be, Carrie. I like the new website, especially the You've Got This Circle. So obviously, that arrived a bit later, so I can easily see if I have ordered something. I must admit, I thought that that was already on there. I would love to see them in all areas, like the What's New page. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it would be easier to see if I have pre-ordered mm. the stories I want. Hmm, that's true. But I suppose if you go from what's new to buy something, then it's going to flag that you've already got it. A great podcast as well, and I for one like the new length because we did shorten them a bit, although they got a bit longer again. Um, it is easier to fit into my massive audio program listening schedule. Amazing work! Please keep it up, Carrie. We will carry for your benefit. We Absolutely. certainly will. Yes. Um, Oh, now I'd just like to move on to a rather sensitive issue. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we got an email from loyal Big Finish listener Chris Avery. He said, Dear Nick and Benji, I've been a listener to the podcast for many years. In fact, for a long time, it was the only podcast that I listened to. And I've always enjoyed the mix of news, interviews and chat taking place in a positive and friendly atmosphere. Unfortunately, I was shocked and disappointed by the attitude displayed on the last podcast, uh, which was a few ago now. It's taken because we do them in blocks. It's difficult to catch up very quickly uh, when it came to the email section you chose to read out an email that was clearly not intended for the podcast and, podcast and then proceeded to be rude several times to the sender because their choice of language was not appropriate I fail to understand why you could not have read out a different email or if you felt the question was worth airing answer it in a less offensive way I've emailed the podcast before and had some of them read out and I always felt comfortable doing so now however I don't feel that way and I am not even sure I really want to carry on listening as it is no longer the friendly and safe space that I thought it was. Regards, Chris Avery. So I did write back to Chris directly about this. I said, hi, Chris. I thought I'd write to you personally about this, but I'll also read your email out in a future podcast. We record them in blocks because I want to make a public apology too. The first thing is that the emails in question from Claire, uh, Claire Filson, I think her name was, about Callan, uh, she'd she'd sent another one on the previous week about a website feature were indeed intended for the podcast they were sent to the podcast address so for me that indicated the sender wanted them to be read out benji's comment about one of them not having been sent to the right address was a joke you, you said i don't think she sent that to the right address but 
you were just messing around uh, but that's not a defense of the way i reacted i do think i was wrong to react the way i did i was only joshing but i was i was mentioning that she she didn't say dear nick and benji and she didn't sort of say anything nice she just stated exactly what she wanted to say uh, but i suppose i was a little taken aback by the bluntness of the emails i think that people should always display at least some form of rudimentary politeness and claire's emails didn't but then the irony is that in pointing this out my intention to gently send her up um uh, tipped into me sounding far too critical and dismissive i do think it's important to read out negative emails so i wouldn't sort of say oh that's not a nice one we won't read it out because otherwise the podcast feels far too on message and perhaps a little smug oh another email saying we're marvelous in inverted commas i put with a, a winky emoji so i think it's important for people to feel they can express some negativity and that it will be aired again my reaction i can see now uh, might make it sound like we're a bit thin-skinned and can't take the criticism as you probably know even though the podcast is planned and scripted i deliberately allow for a good bit of chatty improvisation uh, and sometimes when you improvise things can go a bit off course mostly i hope this can be entertaining but i really do agree with you that i overstepped a line here and it came across as unpleasant and a bit aggressively dismissive i didn't mean that to happen but it did happen i'm very sorry indeed that it did this has been a, a valuable lesson for me I, I will I, and i said to chris in the email i will publicly apologize when recording the next block the third of may which it is today as i'm recording but the fifth of may no not the fifth of may what will it be it will be the 12th of may when you hear this and check my joshing attitude a little in future sorry for the offense i've caused you it was a mistake i very much regret best wishes nick so i also wrote to apologize to claire too so i hope she's received my email. i'm very sorry about that you know as i say when we're larking around sometimes it's it's uh, a little too easy to forget you know um uh, politeness and the delicacies of it so really really very sorry about that oh here's another one then benji certainly is it here's one from matt russell hi nick and benji Following the Rand selection last week, um, which would have been uh, the week of Vampire of the Mind, uh, uh -huh. I went for broke and bought the trilogy, mm -hmm. although I was slightly underwhelmed by the first two on the first listen. It was great to have the full payoff in The Two Masters. Not only did it add to the earlier two stories, but was one of the best monthly releases I've listened to in a long time. Episode 4 in particular was sensational. Ah. Perfect plotting and sharp interplay between the two masters. Still chuckling about Pizza Face Master scathingly talking about the other's witless juvenalia. It's also the best use of the Seventh Doctor, who simply ran cunning rings around them. Faultless end to a great story and ultimately a fulfilling trilogy. Hmm. It's prompted me to ask whether you'll ever offer trilogy bundles. I've strayed away from the monthly range in recent years, preferring picking and choosing box sets for the more ongoing sagas. Brackets, uh, itching to listen to Ravenous 3. Hmm. Um, I quite fancy, for example, the recent Chameleon trilogy, especially given all the positive reviews around and about. Uh, also, on your podcast, you've recently uh, pondered other classics to be suggested. Not sure if this fits the bill as a classic, uh, and the rights might well still be uh, an issue. But I'd love to hear Big Finish's take on June, Frank Herbert. Uh, it's over 50 now, which sounds classic to me. Hmm. Cheers, Matt Russell, sent from my iPhone. My iPhone? 
Well, well, sending it what's from mine Sending from your Crikey. Well, Matt, on that basis, I'm now classic because I'm over 50. <laughs> and that means um, the copyright's over for you now. That's brilliant. I'm, that's right. Start signing as you, events. You can just be, yeah, you can just be me. Um, I think it's 75 now, actually. So, oh, well, you can't. I'm now the prosecuting you for signing as me. <laughs> um, Dune, yes. Um, it would be great to do, but yeah, I'm absolutely certain the rights are totally tied up somewhere else uh trilogy bundles hmm uh she's uh, our latest new employee hello trilogy bundles uh <laughs> hello love I, <laughs> thank you uh i don't know about that that's a good idea i'll i'll, I'll make a note of that hmm okay uh, here's another one. Oh no, no, we don't. It isn't another one. Actually, I've just realised that's all we've got time for on this podcast. It says here, I hadn't, I hadn't paged my script up properly. Uh, there'll be at least one listener's email in every podcast, and the next fulsome listener's email segment will be in the podcast released on the 26th of May. So only a couple of weeks to wait. Get those emails in. So now we delve behind the scenes with the fifth volume of the third Doctor release releases. Um, yes, this is one that you hold very close to your heart, don't you? I You're do. very much yes. involved in this. It's quite uncomfortable. I'll just move it a bit further away. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Give it a little bit of room to to beat. <laughs> so this, of course, was a, a another leap forward for the third Doctor for us because you know we got John Colshaw in uh, to be uh, Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart. We got. Daisy Radford in to be Elizabeth Shaw, Liz Shaw. And we got uh, John Levine back to be Sergeant Benton for the first time in the third Doctor Adventures for us. And he acquitted himself marvellously. A joy, absolute joy. It's a brilliant performance. Totally authentic to what he did in the show. It was great. Um, so there are two releases in the, the fifth volume of the third Doctor adventures uh the scream of ghosts by guy adams and primord by john dorney and um i did i directed them and i did the music on them yeah so uh yeah we're teasing you aren't we at the end of yeah, this yeah we're teasing with them, the, yeah. the scream of ghosts um in the meantime let's go behind this behind the screens <laughs> let's go behind the scenes with the third doctor Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of The Third Doctor Adventures. Well, this was a, a big venture for us, really, because we'd, we'd done four box sets of Tim Trelaw with Katie Manning. And in the first box set, we'd also had Richard Franklin appearing as Captain Yates. Uh, but we felt by the time we got to box set five that it was time to open up the unit family again and take the really bold step of recasting Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart. I'm Tim Trelaw and I play the Doctor. Here we go. Cue. Did we do it? Did we save the day? Yes, dear. The cure was a total success. We've won. Wonderful script written by John Dorney, who got me into Big Finish in the first place, so I owe him a lot, so I'm going to say everything he does is good. No, it's great. It's, it's lovely that, as well, that the characters of Joe and the Doctor can maybe split off and veer into their own storylines, in a way, or 
linking storyline where uh, Doctor with Liz and Joe spends more time with the Brigadier. Hello, this is John Coleshaw and it is my great honour and utter delight to be uh, playing Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart to take on the character of uh, such an iconic Doctor Who legend, really. It's wonderful to play the Brigadier. You walk a little taller and... The way he made the Brigadier so memorable, so characterful. Uh, That wonderful military formality. But yet with great warmth as well. He wasn't a distant character. He was really part of the team. You really did warm to him and respect him. And he's a dream to play. What a dream. We got underway with storylines and scripts and all these exciting ideas. And it was lovely to actually see the very first pages coming through with Brigadier's dialogue on it. And as we went on there's more of the scripts were written i started to get cold feet a bit actually i I just started to think how on earth could we possibly replace nicholas courtney because he had such a distinct voice i mean it's such a distinct tone to his voice but then i just thought we just have to forge on and we we will find somebody i was determined we were going to put a lot of work into it and we were going to find somebody and we did hold auditions actually we auditioned a fair number of actors i sent out test scenes and audio test reels came in of people auditioning for it and uh, everybody did really lovely auditions actually You, you could not fault a single performance and they were all actors who i would love to work with on an ongoing basis at big finish we just were looking for that really distinct tone of Nicholas Courtney's. It was, it was just finding that magic. And then one day, as we closed, we were getting closer and closer to the studio recording, actually, I emailed Nick and said, John Coleshaw. Suddenly occurred to me. Uh, we'd worked with John, and I remember he'd done an audiobook reading of The Five Doctors. So I, I downloaded that audiobook and played his readings of the, the Brigadier's lines and they were immaculate, they were amazing and I shared them with Nick and it was just that moment where you just go yeah, it's John, it's John. The Brigadier was, was always there. There were certain key phrases. Uh, ah, the Doctor, wonderful chap, all of them. Those are some of the phrases that, sh- that get you in. Uh, you attract troubled Doctor, you always did. You never did bother much about rules, as I remember, Doctor. It just gives you that mouth shape, that, that friendliness, that warmth. And, uh, yeah, yeah. What's lovely about doing this is that um, I'm quoting words of the Brigadier that are brand new. These are brand new adventures for him. I'd most frequently portrayed the Brigadier up until now in the um, Target novelizations, uh, the Five Doctors in particular, and there you're saying very familiar words that you know from having watched those wonderful episodes. So to play new pieces of dialogue and be in these new situations is a fantastic thing. When we got to the studio recording day, we got really excited about the recording, actually. it was The build-up to it was kind of unbearable because we just knew it was going to be exciting. And then John went in there and did his scenes as the brig and it was as if Nicholas Courtney was in the room when I was sitting on the couch in the studio and I couldn't actually see the artists at the microphone, all I could hear was Nicholas Courtney's glorious performance coming out of the speakers. It was really special. And for Katie and for Tim as well, it was it was an incredible moment. 
I did meet Nick Courtney. What a wonderful fellow, wonderful warmth, very friendly. You, you just met him and you just thought the world of him instantly. I met him at the 40th anniversary celebrations. That was when we first met. And you just hit it off with him straight away. Such a warm, avuncular, friendly, witty, mm. fabulous raconteur, wonderful company. And we met another time at a celebration of Doctor Who by uh, the Heritage Foundation. They were putting up a, a, a blue plaque, and that was a terrific day. Terence Dix was there, you see, you know, allows you to split up your store. You know, you go that way and I'll go this way, you see. Also, the f incredible Barry Letts was there, and he, he gave a terrific speech about about his feelings on, on Doctor Who and, and just the, the, the folklore of it. You know, the old-fashioned hero. He was a mystery, an enigma, when Barry would speak in that wonderful way. And uh, Nick Courtney was there, of course, at the heart of that celebration. And afterwards, we all adjourned to a pub called the Audley. Uh, Nick's idea. And uh, we all tucked into a corner, you know, pied of bitter each. And it was, it was early December. I think it started to snow outside. And there we all were in the pub. It's a, it's a treasured memory. And if you want to catch up with those adventures, just go to bigfinish.com, type in Scream of Ghosts, put that in the search engine, and... Oh, blimey, there was one of them there. Uh, if you type that into the search engine, which is very, very good, uh, you'll find the Third Doctor Adventures Volume 5 in there, and all the other volumes too. Uh, actually, uh, do you want to hear a little mashup of these? Go on. Ooh, here we go. Doctor! Missing artifacts. The brig sent him to look into possible theft. Hardly a job for unit. The third Doctor adventures. Hello, is anyone there? Can you hear me? Over. Is that the Doctor? Hostiles detected. You're looking very smart. The Doctor won't let anything happen to us. Really, he won't. Joe? Can you hear me? What's happening? Joe! Dozens of stone coffins. Nearly there, Joe. Cheer up. Sorry, Doctor. I'm just a little worried, that's all. Baking hot, dark. Baking hot. Oh, yes, it is rather. <sighs> what was that? The quantum moment of your death. There's only one little world I want to see right now, Doctor. That one. That one? But, Joe, that's Earth. That's right, Doctor. Home. Daleks. Good grief. <laughs> Dalek units move to security control points. Hello? Never thought of turning up the heating here. <gasps> the Doctor is a known saboteur of Dalek operations. What was your plan? Answer the question. I'm trying to. Administer pain. Ah! Answer. Answer. Shouldn't be long now, Doctor. Approaching helicopter. This is Royal Navy Destroyer HMS Nemesis. Are you receiving? Over. The thing looks like a big metal egg. No doubt a capsule of some kind. How do you do? Ariander, isn't it? Hello, Joe. It's so very nice to meet you. I can tell you and I are going to get on terribly well. Doctor, no! Stay away! You're not going anywhere! <laughs> Hello? Anyone here? No one in their right mind leaves their docking bay doors wide open. Particularly not in this weather. They must have been in a hurry. Perhaps. Doctor, what are they? Something on the gantry above. Some sort of animal. Bipedal. Who is he talking about? 
You're expecting someone else? I can't decide whether to be pleased or offended. You will help me. She's got a scalpel, Doctor. I will hurt you. Just keep back, Joe. Chad Caramel. That was me. Oh. Maestro of music. Fancy a drive in the country, Joe. Time now to journey to the ancient and revered town of Crawley. Oh, Crawley, famous for its... Well, let's have another look. <laughs> Crawley. This is my favourite new oh, segment. The, the, the Leaning Tower of Crawley. The... The uh, the hanging gardens of Crawley. The hanging gardens of well, you could you could go off to uh, Tilgate Park, uh, you could go to <laughs> Go Ape, uh, which is like a sort of climbing experience thing. Um, what else can you go do? Go Ape, go Ape. Here we go. Ten best things to do in Crawley. Here you go. Oh. So if you ever find yourself out in Crawley, I've already mm. said Tilgate Park, which is apparently number one. Southern Pursuit, you go quad biking, uh, uh, mm. Buchan Country Park, the Horth. Don't know what that is. Ilford Mill Pond and Bubus Water Gardens. There's a lovely picture <laughs> of a duck there. <laughs> County Mall Shopping Centre, uh, K2 oh, nice. Crawley, Worth mm. Park, Crawley Memorial Gardens, and uh, Cherry Lane Adventure Playground. There you go. Plenty to do, especially for the over the over 60s. You can go to the Adventure Playground and have a jolly good time. Uh, but let's not forget Gatwick Airport Railway Station. Um, <laughs> frequented by many people throughout the day. It is arguably... Crawley's most popular place. But that's not all, because there is in fact a, uh, a little event there, and it was uh, something which was all organised by the Doctor Who Appreciation Society. That's right, Nick. What was it called? It was called the Capital Four, because it was the fourth one they've, they've done, and we were invited. Mm. So we did a, uh, a live podcast recording there, um, not to be confused with the big finish panel we did the next day. Um, Guilty. And it was it was a e- evening an evening performance we did, didn't we? And um, we talked uh, a lot of, about a lot of very important subjects. It was no, we didn't. Um, and our special guests were Lisa Greenwood, who plays Flip in the Sixth Doctor Adventures for Big Finish, and former Dwum editor, Doctor Who magazine editor, Tom Spilsbury, very good friend of mine. So over the next few weeks, we'll be presenting a recording of this panel to you in, yes, you've guessed it, four segments. Wow. Um, a little bit like when a chocolate orange has melted so much that you yeah. actually only get four instead of oh. the usual, I don't know, 20 17. or 17 million or something. But anyway, this is segment two. Now, last week, Tom Spilsbury revealed that he didn't get to meet Kylie Minogue. Uh, so this week, Nick has an outrageous Minogue-related anecdote. <laughs> you know, I actually got, um, to interrupt your story before it's materialised, giving you more time to think, Tom. Um, That that concert that they all went to, I was invited to that because uh, Edward um, gave her my Cyberman voice to use in the concert. Just gave it to her. And my payment was to go and see a concert with Kylie Minogue. Are you a fan of Kylie Minogue? No. (laughs) I mean, you know, she's a lovely human being and everything. So I I went, but, you know... I mean, if you don't like someone's music, <laughs> I thought it was very well done. I don't know, you'd like her first album. It's really, really simple. Okay. Yeah. Well, obviously, and uh, then I was invited to the after-show party. 
but I discovered that what it was, it was the after show party for people they didn't really want to invite to the after show. <laughs> so like there's this big room of a bunch of hangers on who weren't important, <laughs> me. Uh, and, uh, and then there was another door to go through where she actually was with all the important people and we weren't allowed to go in there. I so used I to, felt massively privileged and honored. I used to dream to going to the party for the people that they didn't really want to be there. That would have been a real step up. But <laughs> you aspire to that status. I aspire to that, yeah, you, you were. Come on, t- have you, tell us your well, interesting... Well, I used to sit in an office in Tunbridge Wells. There was not very much interesting happened to me there. Um, really? No. Well, novelty pencils or <laughs> fun rulers? Well, you see, all, that, all the exciting stuff was happening in Cardiff, where you were being Daleks and... So did you feel sort of massively resentful and left out? Yeah, well, I was was managing things from behind the scenes and and, and producing a a great magazine every four weeks. So at this dinner party with people who don't know about Doctor Who... Sorry? At least you had a show that was on. That's true. That's John Freeman there, that's true. Former editor of Doctor Who magazine who who, who had to to make a magazine about a a non-existent (laughs) TV show. So that's true. Is, uh, I know it had a bad effect on him. He's actually only it's 17. I know, I got cast in the comic strip out of lunacy. Yeah. 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 yeah, and you, did you get paid for that? No. Oh. <laughs> Do you ever get paid for anything? <laughs> no, you may have put your finger on the floor of my career plan. <laughs> yeah, that, Gary Gillett came round and took photographs of me in my... Well, in I, your... was gonna, I was going to say, in my birthday suit. Um, uh, does anyone ever use that phrase anymore? Birthday suit. I love how everyone's like, yeah. Yeah. Just down there. No, Roddy, Roddy McDonough, he doesn't. He never says birthday suit. Never. Next band is. Does anyone else here use the phrase birthday suit regularly? Regularly. No. Regularly. Like every Tuesday. Tuesday. I'll say birthday suit. Birthday suit, Tuesday suit. What are we talking about? Birthday suit. No, you were around at Gary place in your birthday suit. For some reason. Explain more. I hesitated because I wanted to say garden. But my flat doesn't really have a garden. It has a car park with a bit of grass in it. You know. Still a garden. It's still a garden. Okay, it's a yeah. garden. Yeah, it's a garden. That was really good. Yeah, that was, that was good. <laughs> that was appreciated. <laughs> just one person, just me. Just... Well, and he wanted reference <laughs> photographs of me. So I was having to do things like getting, ah, and all this. And, uh, and then he said, we need a shot of you where you're like at the TARDIS console. Mm. And I said, well, I don't have a TARDIS console. <laughs> but I had a Ford Sierra. <laughs> Same thing. And he said, if you lean on the, 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 the boot section, mm. the, the hatchback section, that's the sort of same height. So I was doing all this leaning on my Ford Sierra. And I just imagine, you know, in that period of time when there was no Doctor Who on television, yeah. you know, one of the headlines in Doctor Who magazine could say, you know, man in back garden thinks he's Doctor Who. <laughs> that would actually be the lead story, wouldn't it, John? Yeah. <laughs> that man who allegedly made a series of Doctor Who that got completely erased. Anyway, back to you and your interesting... You're going you're to interest me as a guest. You know. Well, I, I, I can say the exciting things about Doctor Who, but in terms of my own experience, I, as I say, I was I was away from all the action. But uh, you never went to the set. I did go. I did go to. The, I, 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 I did go to the set. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you were on Daleks in Manhattan. Yes. Yeah. We, we got to. Uh, 
do, do, do you remember um, when we were on the set for Daleks in Manhattan, they first came out with the um, tentacly man. Yeah. man, yes. Yeah. No, yeah. What, what happened? Oh, we, we all thought it was a bit <laughs> shit, didn't we? There's a bleep right there. <laughs> Is that what we said? Um, well... <laughs> I forget your exact words. <laughs> yeah, well, you weren't there when they had the new paradigm Daleks. Oh. No, that's true. Oh. <laughs> well, I, no. I know I'm amongst friends here. <laughs> yes, no, but, but um, we were at the read-through for that one. Have, have we seen them at that point? No. So we we were just going on the script itself, and it says the new yeah. these new Daleks Sounds come out, like and they're they're, they're 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 bigger. I think I said they're big. Movie type ones, you know, like yeah, the beach cushion. Yeah, that's what Mark wanted. Yeah, Mark Gates. Yeah, um, but they, yeah. Well, I when we, you know, I arrived in the hotel, and uh, Barnaby Edwards and Nicholas Pegg said to me, you know, the two lead Dalek operators. He said, "You've got to see these things." <laughs> and they had them. They were hidden under a, a sort of. When we got to the set, they'd hidden them under. A piece of curtain or yeah. something because it was top secret. I thought, well, even though they're going to be on the set in a moment, right? And um, they took them off, and I just, uh, we just looked at them, and they looked at me, and I just went, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was so cross, I couldn't. Uh, I, I, it was a design assistant who designed them, wasn't it? Yes, yes. I think. Um, I mean, I don't not on on his own. I don't think. Right. But, it, but the, the, it, with some there'd been some. There'd been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the thing was, of course, that everyone kind of knew they weren't right. But by that point, it's too late. They'd built them. You know, it wasn't like you could do anything once once you'd spent the money. You know, um, and uh, you know, <coughs> Nick and Nick Pegg and Barney, who were having to actually, um, you know, steer the things around. You know, they were saying it, it, it's actually really, really difficult because they were used to the, the the smaller bronze one where you were quite snug inside it. Yeah. Um, and they were they were sort of trying to to wheel these things around, which were much. Bigger, bulkier, and yeah. they couldn't jam their legs against the side. They were sort of, you know, legs akimbo yeah. inside. And it was, it was that sort of thing. Well, knowing it didn't really work, but it was still, however many months until it was going to be seen on screen, and you, you, you sort of knew oh, the fans are going to hate that, and and you know, but but then you know, there were, um, it's, it's terrible just to talk about all the things that were well, <laughs> not very good. Well, I, I think I think the thing about Daleks is though is that they're. they're Certainly for me, and I, I know I speak for you here as well. I'm just going to say, I'm going to get Lisa's take on this in a minute, because I know she's very up on all this. <laughs> <She's> very, <laughs> yeah. anyway, anyway, back to you, they're, they're a very personal thing, and I think, because you know, they, they play such a huge role in this television programme that we all love. There are probably some people, like John Pertwee, who didn't like them so much. But, um, but I think to see something when it's so different, and it's so unfamiliar, and it means so much to you, and you don't like mm. it, it's a heartbreaking thing. Well, I gave the evil stare. When I, someone said, that's the guy who designed them there, and I just, just looked at him. <laughs> and he, and he, he kept looking at me, and I kind of, what's the matter with that guy? And I just went... <laughs> But they were... And then when the, the um, Doctor Who Confidential team, the, the lovely Hannah, came up and said, Hello, Nick, do you want to do an interview? I said, seriously, I've got nothing to say that you want to hear. And the, and the, ca- the camera just moved away. So I'm not in the Doctor but Who Confidential you, for that. Ever. Do you remember there were lots of like, extra little details, though, about it, which didn't really make mm. it to screen? Like it was supposed to have like a kind of real eye. Do you remember that? It yeah. said on the script, and, and, and you don't really sort of. And, and the fact that it was supposed to be like razor sharp to the touch as well. Yeah. There were there were lots 
things which mm. sounded quite cool, but and also they were meant couldn't... to be CG. That, that whole chunk at the back mm. was meant to sort of open up, and there'd be yeah, like s- and... saws and spikes and, and things. And, the, yeah. and the head section was meant because they were too tall to get through doors. The, the head section was meant to sort of concertina mm. down, which is why the, the sort of you know the grill. But you know, the, the, I love this detail. There you go. If I um, if I was going to design a Dalek, yes. I'd probably put a mini fridge in there. Would you? Yeah, <laughs> just so we all know. Yeah, a jacuzzi, that's a good idea. You what know. they actually need is a loo. Oh, I know. Because Barnaby Edwards, who'd been left in one, not one of the new Paradigm Daleks, because, of course, you know, they, there was enough room for it. When did this hotel. Paradigm Dalek come out? Matt Ooh. Smith's first year. Yeah, oh. about ten years ago now. Did you guys like it? Oh. Oh. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're supposed to be smaller as well, aren't they? I mean, one of the things that makes Daleks kind of sort of look good and the glide is because they're they're kind of you can't quite imagine there'd be someone in even though you know there is an actor they're sort of small and and that whereas if you've got these great hulking things where you think well there's just a bloke standing up inside it that the illusions yeah it doesn't really work does it well and then we did the whole uh, doctor who live tour and they made uh, all the dalek operators for the first time ever were all uh, women and they were dancers so they were doing a lot of the dancing and stuff in the show. But yeah. those uh, ones were, were the same, they were the Paradigm ones, but they built new ones that were super lightweight that you could just push like that. And they stood up inside them with just sort of like a sort of baby walker thing around them, attached to the edges. And they just walked around like this. So in rehearsals, <laughs> they just walked around doing that every time for their lives. So they used to get used to synchronizing to my voice. They're sort of doing a little funny movement with their hands for the listeners at home. Can you hear my hand? Like that. Um, but what they did, when they, they used to slide off stage, after they'd finished their bit, and then they would go over a sort of Dalek poo hole in the floor, and they would just drop out through the Dalek, and the next Dalek would be pulled along. So you just, when you were backstage, you'd just watch these girls dropping out of the Dalek. Oh my God! It's good. So, anyway, yeah. Lisa, Hi. talking of uh, Dalek talking of, poo, talking holes, of poo holes. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Imagine you're at this dinner party, yeah. you know, and you have to explain to someone something, because. Tom seems to have avoided I've, I've, I've failed completely. You have failed, self-destruct. What, that's, sorry, that's a preview of something we're doing later, some darling, darling voices for the audience. How would you describe something interesting about your Doctor Who experience to make it sound mm. great for them? Great. Big it up. Um... <laughs> what great about the Doctor Who experience? Do you know, for me, it's just about going to... I've gone to quite a few different countries now, met loads of different fans. I love how people are so creative. Creativity is a big part of my life, so I love when I see people cosplay. Um, it's just nice to be part of something that feels a bit like a family. Um, and it's just nice, yeah. It's a really lovely thing to be a part of. And there'll be more of that utter nonsense next week. Well, any minute now we'll be dramatising you with the first 15 minutes of The Scream of Ghost. Um, the first of the, the two ad- two adventures in the Third Doctor Adventures Volume 5. Uh, but before that we will be giving you that's right, just handing it to you, 25% off uh, a randomly selected Big Finish release. God. Activate the randomized Selectron, Benji! Well, I mean, come on. Rand's done done uh, Rand's job we've got here Doctor Who Dark Eyes 3 I mean what a the? steal a steal to get 25% off that 
Wow, that is good, isn't it? It really is. That's a real whopper. Now, what was going on in Dark Eyes 3? Well, um, there was a shopping centre was opened, wasn't it? And, um, <laughs> there I was the Mrs. Master, Miggins was uh, her, her, Yes, the, yes it's, uh, the uh, McQueen Master in there uh, doing his thing. Obviously, you've got the Doctor and Molly, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, yes. And the Eminence, um, of course. Yeah, the Eminence, which I created for Big Finish. And Narvin returned. Uh, Dr. Sally Armstrong from the, the first um, Dark Eyes box set returned. And Nicola Walker as Livchenka as well. So it was um, just so yeah, much going on, isn't there? Well, that's the thing about the thing I liked about Dark Eyes. Actually, was it was just just so like the TV times. Is it? There's just so much in it. Um, lots <laughs> goes on. <laughs> well, there we are. There we go. So um, it's really simple. Twenty five percent off. Nick, how'd you go about hmm. that? Come on. Well, us out to here. get this twenty five percent off, all you have to do is go to the news story that accompanies this podcast at bigfinish.com. In it, there's a link to the offer. Once you click that link, just type in the code word. Buck up! All capitals, no punctuation, or side salads. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I was, was worried when I type in things that it might be a side salad. Well, you know. there's that. De- you know that that little side salad button on your keyboard. Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah, all the time. Don't be pressing that. Thankfully, I, I mostly click the um, the have a bit of toast button. Um, oh yeah, the, you don't want to hit the Thousand Island dressing one either. Oh no, no, you know all the undressing one, and that's awkward <laughs> if you're in the office. Um, <laughs> Um, anyway on that uh, steamy uh, end note uh, I think it is time for us to say goodbye oh that time again so really it is that time well yeah if I had a watch on my arm I'd say that but uh, I'm just going by the movement of the sun and so on that note uh, goodbye 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 and while we're literally not existing, why not have a listen, not exist, not exist, to the thrilling first 15 minutes of The Scream of Ghosts with Tim Trelaw as the third Doctor, Katie Manning as Joe Grant, John Levine as Sergeant Benton, and John Culshaw as Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart. It's um, rather fabulous. <laughs> broadcast attack range. Prepare to transmit a full invasion signal on my cue. Now! What? What is happening? Unknown, Commander. Frequency interference. Some kind of...
Where are you, man? The equipment's going wild. Oh, that's enough of that. I can't hear what... Now, what on earth could be making that sort of noise? Sorry, Professor. I was arguing with the vending machine. What did I miss? What's that sound like to you? It's just some sort of interference, isn't it? <laughs> Probably picking up pirate radio again. On this frequency? Don't be an idiot, man. Oh, horrible. It sounds like screaming. Nonsense, don't be so dramatic. What do you think it is, then? I think it's a sign we're on track. Get back to your station. The future of telecommunications is waiting for us. Now he's being dramatic. No, that won't do. That won't do at all. Oh, Doctor. Hey, chap, hold these, will you? Cardiff speakers. Must I? They're making an awful racket. I'm quite aware of that. Anyway, I've just told you I really can't go. Hmm? What? You asked me if I'd accompany you on a trip to, um, uh, um, somewhere. Belbury? Well, that was this morning, Doctor. Hmm? Hours ago. I've had an entire staff meeting and a blazing round with Geneva since then. That's nice. I only just came in. The speakers, what is that noise? Hmm, quite, quite. Noise. I just asked the same question. Maybe you'll have more luck getting an answer. Hello, Joe. Did you say something? That noise. What was it? That's the question, isn't it? Oh, hello, Brigadier. Uh, still here? I told you I'm far too busy to go. Now, if you'd kindly let me have those. <sighs> I do wish you'd pay just a little attention, Doctor. Well, I could say the same about you. Uh, Doctor, the noise? Some sort of interference. Completely blew the TARDIS communication circuits. Twice, in fact. I'm doing my best to triangulate it, but that's rather difficult with this limited equipment. <laughs> limited equipment, indeed. <laughs> Do you know, he actually took my new radio apart the other week. Why? Because its speakers were terribly inferior. I wouldn't mind, but ever since he upgraded it, it only plays weird alien sounds. It's hardly my fault Earth isn't ready for interstellar wave music. Hmm. So, why is it so difficult to triangulate the signal, Doctor. I need more range. You see, the signal isn't coming from Earth. Oi! Maurice! Don't go too far! Fine! Do as you like. But some of us have got work to do, you know. You may not care about pioneering ways of writing music. No, it's all tennis balls and foxweed to you. Some of us have got higher goals. Right, let's see what we can grab. Shut up, Maurice. I wanted to record wind sounds. Not you barking your head off. Hello? Is there, is there anyone there? <laughs> Sounds like I'm at a seance. <laughs> what's, going, what's going on? Hello? I can hear! Hear you all! I don't understand! Where, where are you? 
это? reason to assume it's anything hostile? Hostile to my speakers, certainly. That's all we know. Besides, when I say the signal's not coming from us, it's not coming from space either. So where is it coming from? Precisely. Confusing, isn't it? That doesn't sound like much. Hmm? Oh, this. Oh, that's not the signal. That's just the tracking equipment. This is the signal. There go my speakers. I'll have a heck of a time replacing those in this century. I do wish you'd cotton on to wireless technology. Doctor, it was awful. So many people, so many voices, they, they were screaming. I think they need our help. Screaming? Oh, you're letting your imagination run away with you, Miss Grant. It was feedback of some kind. Feedback? With respect, Brigadier, it was a lot more than feedback. I know what I heard. I wish I could say the same. But I'll find out, yes. I'll certainly find out. Surely it's not a priority, Doctor. I really could do with your help in Belbury, you know. Hmm? No, no time. Take Joe. And if you need me, and I'd rather you didn't, I'll be in the TARDIS. That man. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> oh, well, so, where are we going, Brigadier? Hmm? Oh, um, I'm really not sure there's any point in your coming, Miss Grant. Um, I wanted the doctor there for his scientific opinion. Look, I may not have the doctor's brain for science, but I'm still useful, you know. You may not be able to have the scientific advisor with you, but admit it, it'll look much better if you have his assistant there. Ah, oh, very well, Miss Grant. Might just oil the wheels a bit, eh? Can you be ready to leave in half an hour or so? You bet. Excellent. Breaker 190, this is concrete coming on air. Any good bodies out there? Yep, Roger, concrete, this is Blitz. What's up? Oh, yeah, weirdest thing, mate. I was out in the woods doing some recording. You know, for the music. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the music. Yeah, yeah nice one, nice one. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Uh, I heard these weird noises, didn't I? Sounded like loads of people talking, only there weren't nobody there. Uh, you probably think I'm off my head. You would be surprised what I'll believe, Concrete. Tell me all about it. to say, oh, this makes a change from dear old Bessie. Mm, what a bad little motor. <laughs> she has a roof, and that's enough to please me. So tell me all about this Professor Caldicott. Genius. Graduated from Oxford ten years ago. Been working solidly in the field of telecommunications ever since. She thinks... She? Yes, Miss Grant. She. Why? <laughs> well, you know, after Liz, 
I'm getting quite used to all these women in authority. Well, as I was saying, she thinks she's made a breakthrough in mobile telephony. <laughs> a mobile telephone? Wow. Well, what are you supposed to do? You know, plug it into a telegraph pole? Naturally not, Miss Grant. The signal is carried rather like radio waves. No need for wires. No need to plug anything in. Which would be amazing, certainly. It would be revolutionary. So, what's the problem? I don't follow. Well, I presume that something's gone wrong. We probably wouldn't be visiting if it hadn't. Oh, actually, for once, that's not the case. Professor Caldecott has been struggling for the last few years, but all of a sudden it would seem she's nailed it. I, uh, uh, we've been drafted in to see a demonstration and report back to Geneva. Those who hold the purse strings want to know if their financial support is being well spent. Hello, Doctor. Doctor, are you in there? Sergeant, I am really terribly busy, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's just that a friend of mine has heard something strange. Fascinating. So glad you popped by to tell me. Goodbye. Hey, Doctor, hang about. Look, I wouldn't mention it unless I thought it was important. You know that. Oh, very well. A cup of tea? Oh, I shouldn't really. Not while I'm on duty. <laughs> Such a paragon of virtue. So, tell me. Who is this friend and what has he seen? Well, he's a bloke called Concrete. Concrete? Yeah, that's his handle on the radio. I think he's a musician or something. Ah, electronic, no doubt. Yeah, lots of bleeps and bloops. It's just not my cup of tea. But how did you know? Musique concrète, a form of experimental music that often uses recorded and manipulated sound to achieve atonal, challenging, melodic forms. So not exactly the shadows then, Doctor? <laughs> no, Sergeant, not exactly. Anyway, do go on. Well, he was out in the woods with his dog, Maurice. As in Martineau? No, no, as in Spaniel, I think. Anyway, he'd set up his recording equipment when all of a sudden there was this noise in the air. He says it sounded like hundreds of people speaking all at once. Really? Fascinating. And then suddenly there's this other noise, really loud, as if they had all started screaming. screaming? Yes. How did you know? Well, I heard something similar. Now, isn't that interesting? Where is this friend of yours? A small village in Kent, Doctor. Belbury. Belbury. Now, why does that name ring up? That's where the Brigadier wanted me to go. Really? Let's get after them. Well, I... Well, man, what's the problem? I shouldn't really go wandering off, you know. You're not going wandering off, Sergeant. You're staying with me. Now, come on! I'm sure this is what I pay you for. Actually, Professor, it's what you used to pay Gloria for, but we had to let her go. Gloria's gone? Since when? Oh, save me. She's been gone three weeks, Professor. Surely you noticed you had to buzz yourself in. The hours I keep, I always had to. I sleep here some nights. It's called dedication. Actually, it's called idiocy. My neck is killing me. Oh, you really should look after yourself a bit more, Professor. It's no good burning the candle at both ends. I'm happy to do the report of it, Helms. You could head home for a bit. Can't. Got that idiot from unit coming in. Who? Surely I told you. No, Professor, you didn't. Oh, well, I'm telling you now. Some chap from unit, military organisation. Something to do with the United Nations. Anyway, he's popping by to smack our wrists for wasting the UN's money. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought we have. 
Well, no, but I dare see. You won't see it that way. What time did you? Three o'clock. Oh, but it's half two now. I wish you'd told me, Professor. What for? So you could have put on your best suit? It doesn't matter. We'll show him the work. It speaks for itself. And the stuff in the village? What if he asks around there? Stuff in the village? What stuff in the village? I told you, Professor, we've been getting complaints. The noises. Oh, that nonsense. I haven't got time for that. Nothing to do with me. Bit of a coincidence, then. I'm telling you, it's just a load of rubbish. No business of ours. Now, we've got half an hour or so. One more test run before we have company, eh? If you say so, Professor. I do say so. Now get to your workstation and open a broadcast channel. (sighs) Right. Warren, hold up, hold up. Oh, hello, mate. Yeah, how, how are you then? Oh, yeah, 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 still here. That's the main thing. Look, you know all about uh, technology and that, don't you? Uh, depends what you're talking about. It's a telly. Well, everyone's telly. I mean, you must have noticed. I don't really watch it. What do you do with yourself? Mind you, it's all repeat. Would you mind taking a look at mine, then? Yeah. Oh, what's he doing? Easier just to show you. If, if you've got five minutes. Uh. Yeah, 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 all right. As long as you uh, put up with Maurice on your sofa, (laughs) you're on. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Oh, and whilst you do it, give us a five out of five. You know you want to. You're smiling now, aren't you? Yeah, I knew it. (laughs) I'm not hiding in your cupboard, by the way. (laughs) Are you sure?